This is the Living Numbers Podcast. This is the Living Numbers Podcast, and I'm your host, Tony Rambles. Thank you all for coming back. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And we've got to start off with our first number, 2.5 or two and a half. Specifically, two and a half hours. Not so long ago, I was in a, a meeting for two and a half hours. And we've all heard the term, don't shoot the messenger, right? The messengers in this meeting, they just they just took the brunt of a lot of frustrations of a lot of people. I mean, there were a lot of people in this meeting. And there were, there was more than one messenger, I'll say that. Everyone had these issues that they wanted to bring up. And they did. And some of them were maybe a little rude, maybe a little forceful. You can tell these people were a bit angry. And so the messengers were just completely destroyed in this meeting i would just like to say don't shoot the messenger and let me elaborate on that usually the messenger is someone who's answering to someone else person with a higher pay grade most of the time a person who has more power than they do and oftentimes the things that we common folk get angry about are clearly not the messenger's fault you can tell by their answers oh you know we'll we'll run it up the ladder or you know what we'll get those answers for you you know what our hands are tied y'all know the expressions y'all know so guys we gotta we gotta take it easy on the messengers because sometimes just sometimes it's their fault but a lot of times it's not It's usually not their fault. Think about the times that you've been the messenger and people are just going off. Anybody who's ever been a cashier or had to work at the front of any store, any establishment, restaurant, whatever, you're the messenger. And so sometimes you have to be the one that delivers the bad news. Oh, sorry, we can't take that return for you. What? Are you serious? The tags are still on it. Ma'am, you don't have your receipt. Ma'am or sir, you don't have your receipt. What can we do? You know what? This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I'll never shop here again. Ever. You know what? Let me speak to your manager. And I remember being the cashier going, all right, cool. You can speak to the manager. Can you just move to the side? Because I got other people behind you. Of course, I didn't say that part. But once the manager was called, I knew it was out of my hands. Because you know why? I'm just the messenger. I am just the messenger. So that's the fun part. The difficult part is when you are the manager. And I've been there too. Where'd they go? Well, let me speak to the manager. You go, dang, so-and-so not here. I guess I'm the MOD. I'm the manager on duty. And so now you have to deal with the problem 
not as the messenger, but now as the manager. I got one more story. Not too long ago, who knows when, right, as to not incriminate myself, I will get these messages from this manager or this boss, and it will always be something negative. You know what? Not negative, but something that I had to do. And oftentimes I felt like, I don't need to do this. Why am I doing this? Who cares about this? I know what I'm supposed to do. I do my job well. Why do I have to do this extra thing that you're asking for? Why? And so now I began to associate bad news with this person. When that email pops up or when that call pops up or that message pops up or so-and-so says, hey, so-and-so wants you to do this. You go, oh, man. That person gets on my nerves. They could be a great person, a very nice person. When you see them, they want to talk, they want to chat, cool and everything. But you know, in the back of your mind, you know, you the bearer of bad news. You know that, right? You just want to tell them, you know what? Every time I see your name pop up, I know it's something that I'm going to have to do that more than likely is unnecessary. So. Let's try to take it easy on our messengers, because a lot of times we then will take that person and make them into this bad person in our minds. And that person can be great. The nicest person you'll meet, sociable, helpful and everything. But because that's the person that has to deliver the message, they begin to be the person that you no longer like, no longer want to hang out with. No, I don't want to get lunch with you. No, don't bring me a coffee in the morning. Actually, you know what? You can slide that coffee. It's, it's okay. That part I'll take. But no, I'm not going to happy hour with you. I don't I don't drink anyway, but no, I'm not going nowhere with you. No, I don't want to come in for extra hours. You on duty? Nah, I'm good. I don't want, no. So sometimes we start to associate these people with the messages that they have to send when in reality, it's not really their fault. I had a great manager and the person was so nice, so cool, but they always was the person that had to deliver the bad news to me because they were my manager, obviously. So let's take it easy on the messengers because most of the time it's not the messenger's fault. We all have a job to do. They have a job to do. The person above them has a job to do and you have a job to do. So let's take it easy on the messengers. Let's cut them some slack. And sometimes the messenger, they don't even want to deliver the message that they have to deliver because they know, dang, I'm going to be the bad guy. What did Jay-Z say? Say hello to the bad guy. They say I'm a bad guy. Sometimes people feel like that. Especially with the times that we live in now. And that brings us to our next number. And that's going to be March 12th, 2020. And I'm sure you all know where I'm going with this. It was about a year ago that school districts began to close. And obviously this affects me because I'm a teacher. And so you start to get calls or you start to make calls 
start to get emails. You start to ask around, you know, maybe some people who are friends with the higher ups. They have the intel. You go, what's what's going on? How serious is this? Because I know for myself, I wasn't taking it that seriously. I mean, I didn't I didn't know how serious it was until it came to our front door. And that's how it is a lot of times with with problems, especially global issues. You don't really understand how serious it is and what the impact will be until it comes to your state, your city, your front door, on your doorstep. So when schools start to shut down, and in my mind, I'm thinking, no way they're going to shut down schools. Like, you know what kind of impact that will have on our society? If if they start to shut down schools, people can't, where are people going to send their kids? People can't go to work. People are, are they're going to be in a really tough bind there if they start to shut schools down. So in my mind, and this was before everything happened, maybe March, early March, before spring break started, I'm thinking no way they're going to shut down schools. No way. There's no way. It's going to have too many ripple effects. It's going to cause too much commotion. Boy, was I wrong. Oh, it caused a lot of commotion. And it needed to. Because, like me, most Americans weren't taking it seriously. And so now, a year later, we can look back with 2020 vision and go, oh, man, we should have shut down sooner. Maybe that would have changed a lot of things. Maybe less people would have would have passed. Maybe, you know, so-and-so wouldn't have got sick. You know, there, there's so many maybes and what ifs at this point because we are, you know, a year into it. About a year ago, this thing started. Or, you know what, it didn't start a year ago, but it came to our front door a year ago. I'll say that because it then it, it really started to affect all of us in a major way where we had to really change the way that we live and those ripples are still going even now and so covid a year later i just look back on how it's uh how it affected me and it was very difficult for me to um be home because anyone who knows me knows i'm very social i like to hang out i like to talk to people I'm always talking to people and to have to be isolated was very difficult. Now, I can't say I had it the worst. I know there are people who lost their jobs. There are people who lost loved ones. And so I'm grateful for for the time that I had. I'll say that. But it was uh, a time where I had to really find a way to, I don't know, cope I think that's the word that I'll that I'll use. I had to find a way to cope with not being around people and the Zoom and the, the teams and all of that stuff. It just it really wasn't cutting it for me. I like that human interaction, that face to face interaction, the handshakes, the bro hugs. Those are the things that, you know, that I live for, especially when I couldn't go to church. That was very difficult. 
because those are really good friends of mine, people that I'm close with. I like to sing on Sundays. So not being able to do that at least for a little while was kind of shook things up for me. It threw me out of my routine. I've talked about my morning routine. I think that was episode two. Go check it out. Where I would get up, I would play my guitar, and I would work out. I would read my, my scriptures. And so with nothing to get up and prepare for, I was just kind of lost at that point. This is like midsummer. No, this is this is early. This is before midsummer, right when things shut down and we, we didn't go back for a, a month or so, felt like. And we didn't know if we were going to be online. We didn't know if we were going back in person. I think that had been ruled out really quickly. And so all I had was being able to talk to to other teachers and other friends of mine on the phone. Or, Of course, there were some people who didn't mind meeting if there was enough space or it was outside. So just finding ways to meet with people. And I remember going to a, a basketball court, f- having to find a basketball court to go to, first of all, because they started taking the rims down. I'm like, oh, man, I can't even hoop. Are you serious? So found a place to 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 hoop at. And just seeing other people in there like, you know, can I shoot here or do I got to go to the other end? Just seeing how people interacted differently to the situation that we were in and something as as simple as as basketball something that we a lot of people do on the regular and you you don't think about you know bumping people and sweating and and breath and a huffing and puffing you don't really think about it but during this time it was something where well people would they would give you a look and y'all know the look i'm talking about you go can we can we shoot together at least we're probably not going to play a game we're probably not running fives over here but can we at least shoot on the same rim, you know? And so, of course, you may you may give them the yes or you, you may give them the no. They may just go to the other court just to avoid the conversation altogether. And so COVID just put us all in a weird, weird space. And the uh, going to the, the grocery store and having everybody with masks on and they, they're only allowing a certain number of people in and, the toilet paper thing was so weird to me because there's so many different ways you can, you know, take care of that. But to see everybody go crazy over toilet paper, I'm like, I don't, I didn't understand it when it was happening. Like, why? I'm sure you, you could, you could figure that part out. There are other things that, that may be a little more difficult, like uh, food and water. I saw a Instagram post where the vitamin section was completely full, but the toilet paper section was completely empty. And you go, well, the vitamins are probably going to maybe help keep you alive or help combat some of these symptoms, but nobody went for those things. I do take my vitamins every day before I go to bed anyway. So, uh, yeah, COVID changed a lot for everyone. And so once the school year rolled back around and it's like, okay, we're going to be doing some face-to-face. Who's comfortable with that? We're going to be doing some online. Who's comfortable with that? And so it just flipped the school year upside down for all teachers. Everybody's working and 
the mindset is just, oh, gosh, like, man, this is it's tough, you know, because you, you want to get buy-in from the kids and kids want buy-in from you and everybody's kind of trying to pull each other along, but it's difficult for some people, uh, a lot more for some people than others. And so I say I'll be, I've been fortunate enough to have some great people in my corner, uh, my lovely wife, my family, my friends, people that I've spoke glowingly about. So I just wanted to, to touch on COVID uh, kind of a year later as a, a broad brush. And I know there are going to be studies. There are going to be surveys. There's going to be so much research done on these past two years and probably on into the future, the next two years, this like four year window where COVID changed everything. And so I'm here for it. I'd like to see it. Just how people's psyche is, uh, how students have fallen behind in their learning. Some have excelled because they don't have to deal with being at school and dealing with other kids. I'd love to see when that stuff starts to roll out, how it's changed things. And so you can't talk about COVID without talking about the vaccine. So I did some research, at least a little bit. And you start to see words like efficacy and effectiveness and, you know, hospitalizations, all of this kind of stuff. Right. And so our number is going to be 100 percent. So as these trials began and they started and they've kind of they've gone through because we have a vaccine now. And 100 percent of the trials, the effectiveness rate is 100 percent which means no hospitalizations and no deaths once a person got a vaccine. This simply means that the person didn't get as sick as they would have if they didn't get the vaccine, right? So maybe they got it still, right? Even though there's a lower chance of getting it, maybe they did get it, but the symptoms weren't as bad which means they didn't have to go to the hospital and obviously they didn't they didn't pass away. So even with all of the research, right? And I was talking to uh, someone else about this earlier this week. A couple of people actually and you go, "Well, man, you know what? So many things have happened in this country to people who look like me." And cannot trust it. Just cannot trust it. I, I, ah, you know, you just kind of get this, ah, ah, ah. You know, cannot trust it. I mean, is it okay for us? And not because I feel like they're trying to kill everybody off. Not because I feel like they're trying to microchip everybody. I don't feel that way. Okay. I just look at the history of the country and the things that have happened over time. And there's just a, a little bit of skepticism. Okay, a little cause to pause, as Stephen A. would say. Right? I'm just a little leery of just going to do it. Just, you know, oh, there's a vaccine, let me go take it. 
just because there's so many things that have happened in the history of this country and others where you go, you know what, do I just do I just do it just because they say do it? Is that why I'm doing this? And so I had a a person tell me, well, they, they can't kill everybody. They're not going to kill everybody off. There's no line that says, oh, this is the lines for blacks to get a vaccine. And so that made me chuckle because that's right. That is correct. They don't have a separate line for minorities or people who look closer to my skin complexion in a separate line. Everybody's getting the same vaccine. At least, you know, that's that's what we hope and that's what they say. And that's where that little bit of skepticism comes in. You go, ah. You know, I don't I don't know. I don't know. And so there's no way to know any of this, really. Not if you're, you know, a common lay person. Now, if you're on the inside, 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 on the up and up and up. Then, you know, maybe, you know, stuff that that uh, regular people don't know. That's normal. Right. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. But everyone has to make the best decision that they feel like they can make with the information that they have. That's the best all of us can do because we'll never get to the bottom of it. We'll never know everything. So you just go, okay, you know what? Uh, friend of mine, she said, well, my grandmother is 80 something years old. I think she said 82. And she goes, I don't want my grandmother to get sick because of me no i'm sorry it's her mother i don't want my mother to get sick because of me so i'm just gonna go and get the vaccine and i go you know what i can't argue against that and some people do live with their grandmothers and some people do have family members that are older that are close and you go you know what i'd rather just get the vaccine as opposed to not being able to be around them anymore And I can't argue with that decision. I go, you know what? It's probably the best thing that you can do if you really care about being around this person. So it makes sense. But I also understand the person that goes, "Eh, you know what? This country has done a lot of bad things. And I'm not just going to do it just because they say so. I got to try to do my own research. I have to try to find my own answers. And I would implore everyone to do that. That just makes sense. Don't just be a sheep, right? I think that's the word that people use now, right? Don't just be a sheep. So before I lead you all out of here, I want to end on a high note. And I want to talk about NFL free agency. Y'all know I couldn't let you go without doing some sports. So I got a couple of teams here that I feel like did some interesting things. I'm sure you all can go back and look at the transactions and check it out and see who signed who and for how much money. Shout out to Kenny Galladay, the ex-Lion, went to the Giants. That's tough. But I understand not paying that kind of money for a receiver when the team stinks, right? Now we have Jared Goff. We'll see how, how that works out. But Arizona, of course, the Cardinals, Made some great signings, and they have Kyler Murray, who was up and coming. 
Yes, Kyler Murray is pretty good. Of course, his size. I just think, man, how long can this guy last? He's so small. And he got hurt last year. So that's one of those things that you got to that you got to take a look at, but they made some pretty good signings. They got JJ Watt, of course they went and they got whatever's left of AJ Green. So hopefully that's something that's going to be exciting. They still have Chandler Jones. They still got D-Hop, who's probably the best receiver in the league. So Arizona looks, you know, eh, you go, I don't know, man. You know, we got Kelvin Beecham. They got Rodney Hudson from the Raiders. You got Marcus Golden, a rush the passer. So I think Arizona looks pretty good. Pretty good. Then you got the Browns. Yes, I know they're the Browns. And they're just an accident waiting to happen. And Baker Mayfield is not my favorite guy. I think he's obviously got some talent. And if you got the right guys around him, they can they can be pretty good. Uh, I like my quarterback to be a little more buttoned up, less talky. But, you know, if you, if you do the talking, you got to do the walking. And if you can walk it, then everything will be fine. And some guys gravitate more towards the people who like to talk trash. So more power to them. But they did make some signings on the defensive side of the football with John Johnson III. They got Tack McKinley. They'll see whatever is left there from him. They got Troy Hill to help on the back end and Malik Jackson. See what's left of him as well. But with what they already have, I think that they can take a step and become maybe a team that'll make some noise and take that next step to really being contenders. The Kansas City Chiefs really tried to shore up their offensive line and they go get UM alum Taco Charlton. So I'm good with that. And so you go, uh, they got Mahomes, they'll be fine. So you can never ignore you can never ignore the Kansas City Chiefs as long as they have Patrick Mahomes. But you cannot ignore what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to them in the Super Bowl. So they're going to get O-line help, and they're always going to be in the thick of it, right in the middle of what's going on. And so now you go to a person that's close to me, her favorite team, the New England Patriots, and Obviously, they made multiple splashes, actually. And the thing that I like the most is now they got the two tight ends set again. Now, you remember when they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, and they had those two tight ends who were really, really athletic, who had speed, who could catch. Nobody could deal with that. And so to have that kind of offense coming back where they're able to run the ball, they also go and bring Trent Brown back, and they go and get uh, Ted Karras from the from the Dolphins. You go, okay, here we go. We're going back to running the football, double tight ends, probably get a lot of play action where you can use Nelson Aguilar on the outside. So you go, okay, they're, they're definitely revamping, spending some money. They also got guys on defense. They got Jalen Mills with Patrick Chung retiring. They also go and get Henry Anderson, and they get Justin Bethel. So you see what's left of those guys. They get Van Noy, who was there before, and, of course, they go get 
another guy to shore up the offensive line in David Andrews. So you got some great signings there as well. I mean, they said, you know what? We're going to throw so much at this wall. Something has to stick. And so right now I got Arizona, the Browns, the Chiefs, the Patriots. I got four more teams for you. That's going to put us at eight. That's our number. I got the Giants. Now, they signed Kenny Galladay, ex-Lion, really good. They go and get Kyle Rudolph, pretty good, definitely a great tight end coming out of Notre Dame. We'll see what's left with that guy. They re-signed Leonard Williams. Where do you go? Uh, I don't know. He wasn't great with the Jets, but the Jets have stunk for a while now. So you kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, and he did do his thing last year. They get John Ross, who could run like crazy. So we'll see if they can really uh, do some things with him. Can Joe Judge put him in position to be like a um, like a Deshaun Jackson kind of guy? So they go and get Daniel Jones, who, eh, if he can't do nothing with this group, then it might be time to move on. We'll see. Or, hey, coach him up. Well, you know, sometimes guys are moving on from – from from players when you really shouldn't. Hey, coach them up. Be a better coach. And that brings us to another team that needs to do that. Actually, in the same building, the New York Jets. They go and get Corey Davis. Eh, you know, we'll see. Carl Lawson, who can get after the passer. Jared Davis, another ex-Lion. Golly. They'll see what they can do with Keelan Cole. LaMarcus Joyner was a really good safety with the Rams. I think he may have fallen off a little bit, and they keep Marcus May, who's pretty good too, out of University of Florida. So I think they're trying to really get more talent in there so that they can take a step up from being absolutely terrible to being at least competitive. I remember when the Jets were one of my favorite teams. They had Curtis Martin, they had Wayne Cabet, they had Vinny Testaverde. They had Mo Lewis in the middle. I mean, that was one of my favorite teams. And now they just stink. Keyshawn Johnson was on that team, too. And so hopefully they can get back to the glory days. I love those all-black uniforms, by the way. Next team, Tampa Bay. Obviously, you got terrific time. Bring back Gronkowski. You keep Levante David. You keep Chris Godwin. And you keep Shaquille Berry. I mean... What else do you want the team to do? I'm sure they're looking at ways to try to retain Leonard Fournette as well as Antonio Brown. But those guys would take, they would have to take basement bargain deals in order to stay on that team. And sometimes that happens because guys want to stay with the winning culture. They want to build on what you already have and they don't want to go somewhere new. They're happy. So they want to stay. And our last team, team number eight, is the Washington football team. So you go, uh, what? Washington? Well, they made the playoffs last year. They obviously have a great, great, great front seven on defense. They can get after the passer. They go and get William Jackson. So he'll be able to help cover that back end. They get Curtis Samuel, who is really a guy with some difference-making speed who can go all over the field and do a lot of different things. So they'll be able to use him in all different kinds of ways. They they keep Brandon Scherf. 
and you get a guy in Fitzpatrick who always raises the floor of your team. Now, your ceiling is definitely lower. He's going to have some games where you go, what the heck did we give him money for? And he has some games where you go, dang, why, why do people keep letting this guy go? Ryan Fitzpatrick is the enigma, the oxymoron of NFL quarterbacks. So he'll definitely raise the floor of that team and get those guys to really play hard and to play together. He just has that quality about him, obviously, because everywhere he goes, teams just kind of win some. They look competitive. They look frisky. So that's my eight teams that I have for y'all. Arizona, the Browns, the Mahomes, the Tom Brady's, the two New York teams. You got the Patriots, who are no longer the Tom Brady's. And you got the Washington football team. And that name is growing on me. Before we get out of here, I just want to let you all know that on this day, March 24th, 1837, Canada gave its black citizens the right to vote. Wow. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, follow. Tell all your buddies about this podcast because it's so great. This is your host, Tony Rambles, and I'll see y'all on the next one.